How are you handling all this? The worst part? Truthfully? Is I gotta sit there with people who are hurting. Bad. And I gotta have the long face and the sighing and the platitudes. But I don't feel it. So that makes me feel like a hypocrite. And that makes me mad at them. Welcome to Third Time's a Charm when Tony Soprano tries to kill one of his friends. This, my friends, is Cut to Black, a Soprano sit-down. My name is Jim Scampoli, and I've seen every single episode of The Sopranos. My name is Jacob Burrows, and I've seen 83 episodes of The Sopranos. What a first five minutes, Jim. What a first five minutes. We'll get into it. This is episode 18 of season six, Kennedy and Heidi. Who put this one together, Jim? Uh, this episode was written by Matthew Weiner and series creator David Chase and directed by Alan Taylor. Uh, this episode did premiere uh, May 13th, 2007. And yes, as you mentioned, it doesn't take too long for things to ramp up uh, in this particular episode. Yeah, and with the st- <clears throat> excuse me, with the style of The Sopranos and everything we've talked about, it just makes sense because the show, even though we've focused on other characters, the show is as Tony centered as Tony is himself. All that matters is how things affect Tony. So forget that you know Christopher's dead. Um, the important thing is how does Tony feel about it. So that's really why he dies early on, I think, because his death at the end of an episode could have been a big plot point now it's just at the start there just this character we've seen for the past two years every week uh his many trials and tribulations and granted i did cut ties with him last week um but still what a way to go yes yeah absolutely um so yeah i mean i guess we'll just kind of get right into it we got the the asbestos is still being dumped or what they're figuring out where to dump the asbestos he can't he can't take it there anymore, and there's a deal going on with Phil. Uh, just the always the brewings of a New York war. We've seen this faked out so many times. First it was like, uh-oh, we better not have Phil in there. Then it was like, damn, I wish we had Phil in there. Well, no, first it was, we, uh, damn, it would be great if Johnny Sack was there. And then we're like, ah, oh, yeah. shit, Johnny Sack can't be in there. Then it's like, oh, no, we, it's good Johnny Sack's there. We can't have Phil in there. Oh, man, we better have Phil. Now Phil's here. And uh, there's an issue with this asbestos. He wants 25%. Um, the friggin' ghoul-looking Butchie's always there, who I hate. <laughs> like, he's so oh, yeah. perfectly cast because he's just such a little, uh, like, he's a little ghoul. Uh, and he's, yeah, he's a little weasel guy with his, like, lazy eye. And he's, he's not straight out of central casting, if you will. Uh, yeah. He feels very authentic, like a, like a muscle there. Uh, yeah. But anyways, that's just all kind of setting the tone. Now, did you get an inkling at all? Like, because even in this scene when they're in the car, uh, you know, they mentioned the Departed soundtrack, which I think is timely, at least for when this episode aired. Uh, and they're listening comfortably numb. It does kind of yeah. hang for a bit as Tony's like looking at Chris. And there's oh, like yeah, they these... do it several times. I mean, yeah. it, it, it was fairly obvious that the show is telling us that Tony is noticing that he's high. Um, but I didn't then immediately go, well, of course they're going to crash and then Tony's going to kill him. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't see that part coming. Yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah, I, I think you're right that he's noticing something's off. Uh, or is there like, is, is there any type in some of these looks? Is there a, um, you know, a like regret of times lost with his, you know, once surrogate son, Christopher. I mean, we haven't seen this scene in a long time of Christopher driving Tony around. It used to be a mainstay. It's true, but I just saw him like he's, he's so like tweaking out or whatever you call it. Like he's just, uh, you know, oh, the sound system hasn't got any balls, tries to raise it and he's just, you know, uh, acting all weird and twitchy. And that's all that I thought that Tony was seeing. Um, but maybe there is some of what you're saying as well. I just didn't notice it. Maybe I saw more of that later when he's like, oh, I have to kill this guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I don't. I I guess because Chris, <clears throat> because the Christopher character always held a soft spot spot in my heart, even with all his fuck ups and his relapses, uh, even with him uh, killing um, 
JT last week, I was still like, nah, Chris, <laughs> he might come around. Like, <laughs> You have watched this show before, yeah. right, Jim? Do yeah. You, do you remember this, I assume? <clears throat> yes, but I'm thinking even in the moment, like even in the moment sure. watching this, I was still kind of like, ah, he might come around. People have done worse. He just mm. killed JT. JT was kind of, uh, I mean, innocent, but <laughs> still, mm. come on. Well, I sent to you uh, like my sort of theory, a thing that will often happen on a, any old TV show is that someone will kill someone and that's how you know they're going to die because it's kind of telling the audience, oh, you, didn't, you don't need to have sympathy for this person anymore. They're, so we so you don't feel bad when we kill him sort of thing. It sort of softens the blow. Uh, but I feel that's, that's done partially, but not entirely. It obviously doesn't take all of the guilt away because... Uh, Christopher only got to that point from all the ribbing and everything that he got uh, from all of his friends, which uh, I think Paulie regrets and, well, a lot of people regret after the fact. But, um, yeah, I feel like it, some of the guilt is taken away off Tony, but obviously not all of it. Uh, I don't know. If if this, if the previous episode hadn't happened and we just started here, I would be like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So it's an important piece of the puzzle. But I guess it's like you said, he just had he just had a bullet in that uh, gun and he wanted to fire it. And it was Russian roulette with all of his close friends and family on who was going to get the bullet and uh, and ended up being Christopher. And I feel like this is one of those moments that I'm really glad I didn't know beforehand because there's no way you can or I can rewatch The Sopranos without thinking in a, not all of their scenes, but a lot of their scenes, like, yeah, Tony's going to kill this guy later. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And I, I, I've watched all of it not thinking that. And you've watched all of that thinking that. So that's why it's really interesting to have this uh, dynamic. And it's going to be really interesting for me to rewatch uh, the beginning of the show again with them all buddy buddy. Yes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, because I guess even on, especially on rewatch, I really did have sympathy for the way. Um, his Chris's friends didn't not that again, not that he doesn't have his own responsibilities uh, and that he he does make his own choices, especially when he relapses, but he didn't quite have a support system there where uh, when it wasn't convenient for everyone else, they, they weren't quite okay with his sobriety. So yeah. they, I'm not saying it's like Tony's fault, but in some cases it's almost, it's so close to his fault yeah. in, a, in a lot of ways. Um, well, when you look at the scenes when he's like going like, oh, come on, have a drink yeah. and all that. Yeah. Like it's kind of Tony's fault. <laughs> yeah. What's this piss tasting non-alcoholic? Um, and then, I mean, I, David Chase in, in an interview, Jesus, my voice. <clears throat> David Chase you're mentioned... So, you're so cracked up over yeah, Christopher, I'm so, even I, after all this time. I'm breaking up. David Chase is like, yeah, a lot of people seem to miss the um, the baby seat, the car seat. And it's like, I don't think so, bro, because it's like you go to that car seat so many times and Tony brings it up a bunch of times. So I think yeah. it's pretty clear, you know, Tony, like, I, I think someone had um, hinted at this on our Twitter uh, at shows, which, you know, with uh, the letter U instead of Y-O-U, by the way. Uh, when we were talking about the Polly scene a few episodes ago and how Tony was looking for that little extra um, yeah. push so he could maybe kill Polly. And here he gets he gets it tw like twice over between rationalizing it in his head about how, oh, he could kill his baby. This guy's a liability to also just confirming that, yeah, he's high. Uh, and he's, you know, the same old Christopher and he kind of gets it here where he's like, all right, this is what I need. I can, I can just kill this dude now. Um, and I mean, they point out, well, I guess we didn't even mention, uh, Kennedy and Heidi, the titular characters here, uh, yeah, who are like, it's finally like, we talk a lot about on, on this show that the innocent people suffer because of what they do and and there's casualties of of their uh yeah. bickering and stuff like that and it's almost like finally revenge in a weird way because yeah. and they even have the quick moment of like maybe we should go back and it's like uh i'm on my learner's permit after dark uh or whatever and alan sepinwall in the soprano session book uh makes the statement that these are the two most important characters in sopranos because we all have a Kennedy and Heidi inside of us, and especially Tony, uh, 
and uh, you know we have that one voice that's telling you to do the right thing, and we have that other voice that's pushing you to the dark side. Uh, uh, that sounds like some bullshit hot take, Jim. <laughs> I, I kind of agree. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it through uh, through the read, but yeah, I definitely you know there's there's a little bit of an eye rolly factor to it there. But I think it I think it's a it's a sound theory, wouldn't you say? All right. Well, I mean, they're on the right side of the road, though. So in a way, like it is still Christopher's fault, obviously, because yes, he's yeah. the one who drives over to the wrong side and does the swerve. So, you know, if it was true revenge of the normal people, it would just be a plane crash onto their car and they would both die. <laughs> that would be the only fair way yes. for society to randomly take revenge. Um but yeah, it is a nice shot of them just, yeah, of course they're not going to stop. This is the world of the Sopranos that is bitter and cynical, and why would you? Um, so there's something there, at least. Um, and yeah, It's also interesting the... that, um, sorry, I was just, just going to say that no. uh, Christopher, like, he's the one petitioning for peaceful resolution uh, to the conflict. Like, hey, why not stop and smell the roses? Something great to, like, he seems to be in a good place, but then he's also on drugs, so he's not. <laughs> great place to be before you die. Yeah, he is, yeah, he is reminding Tony of, you know, whatever happened to that part of you, whatever happened um, to the Kennedy part of you, if you will, because Kennedy is the one that uh, says, Heidi, maybe we should go back, Heidi. Yeah, uh, Kennedy, <laughs> I'm on my learner's permit. We all Doesn't have matter. that Kennedy and Heidi. Come on. Go with it. All right. That was a great tweet. <laughs> great tweet, Jim. Um, but um, so uh, do you have your counter up? <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesus. I almost forgot here. Uh, yeah, we yes. can, we'd get a lot of shit if we forgot about this. Yeah, one imagine if we missed this one. Jesus Christ. Yep. So let me get the old counter up here. Uh, uh, long time coming. Good friend of ours. Been around since the beginning. Christopher Moltisanti finally meets his end. Putting us yeah. at 75 deaths and 17 walkouts. Uh, and right. let's make sure we don't miss the other death that's coming up soon. Yes, absolutely. Um, um, well, and yeah. also, they make... Um, real quick, back to uh, Soprano Sessions. They do um, point out and hang on it a bit about Tony's expression here um, and relating it to Comfortably Numb because there he is kind of like... There's not as much really emotion there. He is just kind of blank-faced, suffocating Christopher uh, yeah. in his in his own blood. I mean, it is kind of hilarious that Christopher's like, "Just call me a taxi, I'll be good." It's like, dude, you're already there's internal bleeding. Clearly, like he was probably gonna die uh, either way, but I guess there's he took away that small chance that maybe they would have saved him or the ambulance would have got here in time or whatever. But it's just hilarious yeah. to think that if he got into a taxi and just gushing blood everywhere, <laughs> like get me yeah. out of here. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Taxi driver. <laughs> no spoilers if you haven't seen it, but it does remind me of breaking bad, which obviously came after this, um, in a way like a scene in breaking bad. We won't get into specifics, yes. but um, Tony, yeah, I don't, th I think he would have made it. Um, so, you know, but, uh, Tony, um, I feel like before in the car, before the crash, I think Tony sees that Christopher is high yeah. and he chooses not to do anything about it. Um, and that complacency leads to this. Yeah. So in a way he's, you know, cleaning up his own mistake. And weirdly, if this had happened a few seasons ago, like right after, Tony threatened to kill him if he ever did drugs again, we'd be like, this actually makes perfect sense. And Tony shouldn't even feel guilty because he did this and like almost killed Tony and everything. Like in the logic of the show, we'd be like, yeah, uh, he just threatened to do that. But since then, he's been so relaxed about it. And even in the scene before, the way I read it, he's there, he's watching Christopher and Christopher is high and Tony can tell this, but he doesn't even bother bringing it up because he... Uh, Tony is comfortably numb. He's fine. As as long as it doesn't cause him any problems, it's fine. And then when it does, he just deals with it. But um, there's a lot more to say about Christopher's death, but uh, the whole episode is kind of about it. So I guess we'll get more into it as we dig deeper into the plot. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, as you mentioned, like taking the guilt off, uh, like, you know, putting a character in a situation like, like what he did with JT, um, and in a lot of cases, what, what shows will do is, when it's a main character like this anyways, will do the opposite. They'll make them do, they'll make them finally get the thing that they needed to get or yeah. this great, happy, blissful moment um, just to really make it hurt more. 
But yeah, yeah. you're right. This because since Tony's involved in it, and Tony's still our main character for the next, you know, uh, few episodes uh, that we have left. Even though they're slowly trying to whittle them away more and more, uh, we still got to kind of be on his side, I suppose. Um, with some yeah, of the even though Cleaver, if you'll recall, is about him killing uh, Christopher and then sleeping with his girlfriend, which is what Tony literally does in this episode. Yes. And I so. feel like, uh, to jump around a bit, I feel like he goes to Vegas because he's like, I'm going to fuck his widow. Like, I want to fuck his widow <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I don't know if that's just my read, but it feels like whenever Kelly's around, like what he's looking at her tit and... He's like creeping on her, watching her at the funeral, like staring at her at dinner and stuff. And then he's like, I got to get out of this state. I got to go fuck some other girl that Christopher fucked to get this out of my system. Yeah. Um, I mean, the episode quite plainly shows us that Tony wants to uh, like take on the role of Christopher. Like like much like, um, you know, the talented Mr. Ripley he wants to kill Christopher and then ha wear his skin basically mm -hmm. because he never had uh, he thinks he never had this sort of guilt-free life he never got to experience like he never got to go off and just do drugs and not worry about any uh, other shit yeah um so he just literally feels a need to I don't know if it's partially like I killed this man and now like I want to fill the hole in society fill the hole in my heart or if it's just a more egotistical I'm so like i am so egocentered i want everything that was his to be mine um i'm not sure what the driving force is but he very obviously is like i'm gonna be christopher now for a bit <laughs> yeah. that will make me feel better <laughs> somehow uh so yeah moving on from the death scene we have you know tony gets brought to the hospital and you know he, he plays up the like oh the guy i was with you know what, what's what's going on with him and it's like uh they they pronounced him in the um uh ambulance or whatever then we have yeah. you know Carm gets the call and i mean uh, Edie Falco always delivers especially on the uh emotion she has like a great yeah. reaction to Christopher and um i'm trying to think what doesn't Tony say something weird uh or maybe it's later i don't later. think not yet he says yeah. a lot of weird shit later but now he just uh yeah, tells and him to. when he looks, is that supposed to be a body bag with Christopher's body in it? I think so, because it's his, like the cleaver hats there that I think Christopher was wearing that, right? Yeah, right? yeah, I know, because it does show, it's for sure his stuff, but I thought that was just so bizarre. I mean, I guess that's something they would do, because it's like they got to put the body somewhere, but it's yeah. just bizarre that it's just like there's the there's the dead body. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a coinkydink, but uh, yeah. I buy it still, because, you know, they... The highest priority is probably the living person, so the dead person's not been brought to the morgue yet or whatever. I don't know how it works. Yeah, yeah, no, me neither. Um, and I didn't. I we guess gotta, I didn't even pick up that. Or actually, I don't. Maybe I don't think it is. Is that supposed? I guess it is. That's supposed to be a dream. I just assumed it was Kelly's reaction, like when it showed that. Because <laughs> in then like Wiki, it talks about how it's a, dr a Tony's dream he has. But I mean, when she screams, sort yeah, of the reaction there, yeah, I don't know because it cuts away and the. I mean, I guess yeah. it cuts away and Tony wakes up, but I can't tell mm. if like I mean I never read it as a dream, and then I was kind of going through some different takes on the episode, and someone pointed out that it's like you hear a crow in the background. And it's like, remember Dude. when he saw the crow when he got made and then Tony's dream? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know about that. Do you hear a crow in the background, though? I don't even know. Listen to it now. Yeah, listen. Yeah, you do, you do when he wakes up. When Tony wakes up, you hear a crow. Ah, um, okay. So that's fair enough. But uh, I a... do not believe it to be a dream anyway. Um, because and, and it's because of this simple reason. We don't cut to Tony waking up with a close-up on his face. Yes, I agree. <laughs> it's true we cut from a close-up, but then it's just a wide shot. And filmic rules state that we're not inside <laughs> his mind then. So it's just a very short scene. I agree. I, and also, I agree that Christopher might have been a feast for crows. Ooh. All right. I love this yeah. thing with the, the guy that keeps talking about how when Carlo's going to come up, I guess it's just because it's such an awkward, like, you know, uh, you know, it, you're kind of bummed. It's this is one of your crew, almost a family member. And it's like, what do you say in these moments? So this one guy keeps talking about how Carlo. Oh, no, it's not Carlo. It's I guess it was AJ. When's Carlo coming up? And then Silvio's like, what's with you and fucking 
<laughs> yes. Carlo. <laughs> <laughs> does mention it a lot and i'm during the scene i will admit like i'm no sopranos expert uh, so i'm like which one's carlo again like i i'm like i'm again i can't google any of this because you know yeah. still spoilers uh but yeah i know who carlo is now and it is quite funny you're right it's it's basically just one of those things where you're you're, you're trying to do something helpful or productive but that's like the one piece of information you have uh, <laughs> so that's pretty much it yeah all the lads are there and i think this is the beginning of showing that everyone's trying to be sympathetic or whatever and tony is just playing this part which is very understandable because he killed christopher and he can't tell anyone about it yeah yeah and i mean it's uh it's also very similar to when tony's mother died because he also had to kind of he felt bad that he couldn't say that he didn't feel that sad about it yeah, he had to kind of go through the play the role, and yeah, here he is again playing the role, and they have mm. to talk about like the baby seats, uh, and that's jump around. But I love when he's telling the director at the funeral <laughs> about the, the baby seat was crushed, and the guy's just like, "Yeah, okay, that's right." <laughs> yeah, he'll tell anyone who will listen about that baby seat. Um, but yeah, here he talks about how he didn't have his seatbelt on or whatever. Oh, and, that's right. Yeah. And that they're going to do a blood test to see if he was on the drugs and all. And, I mean, Tony says, like, when Silvio implies maybe he was on the drugs, he's like, ah, I would have been furious. I would have fucking strangled him myself. The interesting thing is, Tony could literally tell his guys, like, yeah, he was high. I killed him. And the only thing there is, it's literally just so people don't have things to rat him out about. Because I don't think any of them, like, yeah, they might be a little bit upset. But, like, it wouldn't really matter that much to them. But it's just... It's kind of weird that he's committed a murder, and it's only on a technicality that he's not telling Sill. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right because I think with the rationale they would somewhat understand because it's like, yeah, he put the Christopher put the boss of the family in danger type deal. But I still yeah. think there also is an element where even if everyone agreed upon that, there would be this lingering feeling of like family yeah well, or just like well what's tony would tony kill me for something like yeah i mean because similar to ralph although ralphie had less of an excuse um mm. but it's just i don't know i guess i think there's still that it wouldn't be an immediate thing but maybe it'd be this weird festering thing that would happen but that's just all yeah. my hearsay anyways no that's a good point i think you're right because uh, everyone rightly thinks that tony is a bit bananas and might kill them at any time so <laughs> yes no need yeah. to add fuel to that flame um anyway t- tony makes his way downstairs and guess who's there carlo carlo's there <laughs> um gets help from meadow there and, and the Polly. Cl- i just cl- love f- seeing Polly feel like uh, at least a little bit guilty like uh, maybe i didn't yeah. do right by him it's like oh the- these two they've had some times haven't they jim yeah, and I love that Christopher gets like one more fuck you to Polly, uh, even in post mortem. Uh, I just wanted to call out that they also have the classic like someone in the family died spread. Like they always have like a caterer on hand. You know, oh, yeah. it's like up oh, someone died. We're all at the Soprano house. I assume maybe Artie Buco or someone sent over you know some nice catering platters of sandwiches. Um, but yeah, it is nice seeing Polly like show a little bit of. Uh, at least here, a little bit of affection and emotion for Christopher after all the trials and tribulations that they've had together. Oh, you mean the final fuck you would be that uh, <laughs> Polly's uh, mother sort of dies yes. and no one cares? <laughs> yeah, and that everyone's at the Maltesanti funeral and not. It's like this last little piece of their rivalry is still going on even when yeah. Christopher has passed on. Yeah, he got the last word for sure. Um but yeah, his um, his wife's parents, the dad's who we just got to know last episode, I think, is not too impressed because you know he uh, left his uh, daughter uh, widow, and you know he was on the drugs, and it all comes out, and uh, yeah, we find out then about uh, Nucci Gualtieri. Yes, as well. yeah. So we could put uh, put all Nucci up on the board as well. Let me get yep. my counter up. Gotcha, Giving us lucky number 76, uh, Nucci Galtieri. And I mean, uh, I guess we, we'd already seen hints of that they'd kind of mended their relationship. I remember when Polly went to her, went to visit her and he sat silent with her while she was watching TV. I don't think she was watching Gilmore Girls at that time, but <laughs> we, she was a known uh, avid viewer. Uh, yeah. 
but yeah, it, as as we mentioned, I like how it plays out where you know Paulie's being very Paulie in the moment where he's concerned about the the amount of people that showed up at the wake. Uh, but in in this time at the in laws, we see Christopher's mother and Tony can't stand that she's putting it on as far as her emotion, even though it is her son that died. But yeah. uh, she, they've they've mentioned how she's like an alcoholic and she's dealt with all, her own things. Um, so it's what she's trying to drink. And, you know, just putting on a putting on a show. Um, and then, as we mentioned, they get the news about uh, Polly's aunt slash mother. And then uh, we have Tony's fake out uh, Melfi scene. Yes. And this one, um, it's quite long. Like it goes into a lot of stuff in a way or the whole, you know, what Tony's feeling about it in the way that a therapy <laughs> scene usually would. But then, like you said, there's the fake out, which usually... When most shows do this sort of thing, it's not usually something that feels completely justified. It's just a way to keep things a bit interesting. And here I feel that it is justified because it totally expresses Tony's desire to fully deal with this and talk about it in a way that he absolutely can't. Because um, he says, you know, I've murdered friends before, I've murdered re relatives and everything. Um and uh yeah he, he there is a limit even with melfi with what he can go into um obviously so yeah a good fake out because it kind of propels him to you know fuck off out of there because he can't deal with it and we get the later scene which is basically the same but a bit softer because he's you know his censored version of that scene later but he obviously has a deep desire to try to deal with these emotions and he doesn't really have a chance to so that's why he goes and does peyote in the desert yeah, and I think having the later scene justifies it a little bit more as well because it kind of gets into what Tony regularly does when he's with Melfi. Because yeah. I've kind of talked about that a lot because sometimes we'll drop in and they're already like in reaction mode to say like Tony B's death or something like that. And obviously he's not saying he killed Tony B or other situations where he's cheating on Carmen stuff, but... I always kind of tried to speculate, like, well, what is like, what does he actually say in some yeah. of these situations? How does he cover <laughs> some of these stories? Um, and yeah, I, I like they. It does feel it doesn't feel like a dream, obviously, at first until yeah, he's saying murdered, and then you know you get a you get a hint of a moment of like, uh oh, did he slip? Is this a thing? And then you know they kind of have the dream, uh, the dream out. But I think it it works. It's a payoff. Yeah, um, I think so too. And yeah, then he wakes up, asks Karma if he's talking in his sleep. Then we have classic Tony in his robe, finds a cleaver mug, tosses it out in the woods. I don't know why he couldn't just put it in the trash. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> the trash would actually have gotten rid of it quicker, but yeah. uh, he's just going to be out there in the woods festering. Uh, but that's fine, Tony. He wanted to get rid of cleaver stuff even before all this. So yeah. I guess, yeah, the, the cleaver thing also is, you know, remember how uh, Christopher got JT to go and pretend like oh, I was the one who had the idea about this and that so that it wouldn't seem like Christopher had these fantasies about murdering Tony. <laughs> like, that's definitely something that played into it as well, along with him being on drugs. And again, I don't want to justify it too much, but uh, Christopher has been on drugs and come in with a gun to kill Tony before. Yes. Um, so, you know, it's a slippery slope. Although Tony was going to fuck his fiance. <laughs> Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Except the car, the car accident in that case helped him. <laughs> yeah, I mean Tony. Uh, so um, it's the morning there. I think he, yeah, he asks uh, Carmel to make some coffee. And is this when they start talking about? Yeah, Tony starts talking about the car seat and everything because he he's relieved and he's projecting that onto her, right? And talks about like when yeah. I called you, I picked up on maybe a little bit of relief. And maybe he's right to a degree because she reacts like, no, of course not. But also then, like, maybe I was relieved it wasn't you. Um, so what do you feel is going on here? Tony ruins it all anyway by yeah. uh, bringing up the child seat and all of that. So, <laughs> I mean, kind of like you said, going back to the dream, he's he wants to kind of tell someone or he wants someone else to also be kind of glad that Chris is dead. Yeah. So they can kind of share that moment. Um, I mean, it's very similar to Chris in a way, how Chris just wanted to tell someone about Adriana and yeah. what how he felt about that. Uh, a little bit before that, um, Carmela's going over how she feels bad that she thought that Chris had something to do with Adriana's death. And 
it's kind of that classic fashion how when someone dies yeah. i mean in a lot of cases rightfully so you do want to let little things go where it's like oh my god like i maybe we didn't always see things on the same page but i never would wish them to die or something like that but then also, sometimes people do heinous shit, and then when they die, it's like you have to be—they have to be an angel, much like Livia yeah. talking about her Johnny boy was a saint. Um, yeah. But yeah, so she's kind of talking about that. Why are we so quick to blame? She says, uh, and then yeah, Tony gets into his. I thought I thought I picked up a twinge of relief uh, because he's just so desperate for someone else to kind of share his moment with him. Yes, and so he he brings up the baby seat, doesn't get the reaction he wants, so. Now, then he's talking about it with Melfi in the real therapy scene about how, you know, he was high as a kite and, uh, you know, the, the baby seat. And we get the clip from the beginning as well when he, uh, I think, yeah, gets gets slight, uh, you know, gets it partially off his chest, talks about how, um, you know, it's it, it might be, you know, for the best in his kind of business and that... Uh, the main thing being what's the main thing he's talking about uh well he the, gets the into um well he he does talk about well yeah well he talks about how he has to play the part like he has right. to yeah. he has to play the part but then it, that makes him annoyed at those people because it makes him feel like a hypocrite and then yeah. he's he's pissed at them because it's like well clearly they must be hypocrites too or something like that you know but i, yeah. I do want to point out it's so it's so genius and it's so effortlessly funny when he says I was prostate with grief, like the way they drop that in for like, you don't need to have that joke in there, but I just love that. So Sopranos that they would in this moment where he's kind of like spilling his guts about what, well, not, you know, spilling his guts to the extent he can talking to Melfi. And it's kind of a serious scene trying to get into his mind state and comparing it to his dream. But like Tony once again fucking up uh, a word and it's kind of so quick, but I had to make a note about it because it's like to me, it's just it's such a hilarious, effortlessly done moment and they don't dwell on it or point it out at all. Uh, But yeah, but he also talks about, you know, that Chris was basically like, uh, well, he talks about Adriana to an extent because he talks about a huge problem of his own making that I handled it. Uh, and I, it feels like he's so close, like he's he's saying it without saying it, basically. Yes. Um, so I guess that's what he does most of the time in there. And then he even, I mean, he even brings up Tony B getting shot in the face. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah, it, it, he is getting, it feels like it's way more dangerously close to details. I guess, sim- again, similar to what Chris was doing last episode with JT or even with, he was in group therapy with that one guy. It's like these these guys just need to talk to someone about this and they can't. Yeah. What is the word he's going for when he says prostrate with I, grief? What is it? I had to look at it. Yeah, because I'm not familiar with the phrase either. But yeah, it's prostrate with grief is what you're supposed to say. But he says prostate with grief, which is, yeah, you know, <laughs> prostate in your ass. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, prostrate. Uh, wait. Yeah. So prostate. Okay. The one of them is also the one when you're like worshiping someone, right? And you're like on the floor. Is that the word? Oh yeah. 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 That's one of them. But Hey, I'm Swedish. What do I know? (laughs) Hey, let's go. Let's move on. Uh, Juliana's at the funeral. That's, uh, that's interesting and sad. And, um, Carmilla just somehow Uh. like her spider senses are tingling and like Tony definitely slept with this woman. And for once she's not right. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, it's such a, like, her delivery of the like, oh, beautiful woman or whatever she says, yes. it's so perfect. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it is a nice, it, like, it, it is an interesting moment the way she, she's at the funeral. And I mean, they did have a connection. We haven't seen her in a long time, but, um, and just the way, like, I love that because when you see her, like, even if she wasn't on the show before, it's classic Tony's type. You know, yes. uh, so and true. Carmela picks up on it immediately. So, yeah, it's great. Even though it would make more sense to think that uh, Christopher was the one getting with her, given the situation, which was also accurate. Yeah. But, it, you know, there, there's such a type that when Tony later goes to Vegas and sleeps with, uh, you know, this <laughs> ex, I guess, or whatever, uh, of uh, of Christopher's, I had to check, like, has this character been in the show before? <laughs> yeah. I am not sure, you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, and then they have, um, well, we they call out three to five, seven to nine. 
Uh, yes, which we... remind me now. So that like, because this is an inside joke, kind of, because she is at all the funerals, and it was only like, I, was this something that became a thing because fans noticed it, or did they make it intentionally a thing without any sort of input on using the same background people, or what do you think? I think it might have been a little of both. I think even at the time, because obviously, like you know, Reddit and internet discussions are, are way more like active now. But I mean, I guess it wasn't that long ago. People were still on message boards discussing the Sopranos and stuff like that. So I think people did notice, although I think she was also even credited as like, I think they call it three to five, seven to nine in this one, but she was like two to six, whatever, something or other in the, in the previous one. So they did kind of have an inside gag and then people picked up on it so i think that's maybe why they call it out a little bit here towards the end what what are, what do the numbers mean again it's like the usual times that they have a viewing of awake okay. like they usually right. yeah they'll have like an early evening three to five and then they'll have a seven to nine like later um yeah and okay. it's just well <laughs> yeah even if it's not um like if, even if you don't know of it or haven't noticed it and haven't been on the internet and listened to the podcast it's still hilarious the way it's played out here where it's mentioned and then when paulie is complaining about no one coming she walks into that way as well like it's funny enough just internally within that without having any of the other knowledge yeah it's re- i was it's such a great shot because she just walks in between them it's not emphasized or anything but it's been pointed out earlier so i i just love that yeah yeah that's what i mean like in this you don't really need to drop in little things of humor like that and kind of like a you know fairly heavy episode we're coming up towards the end but they don't, yeah, they, they call it out a little bit and then they just like let it play. It, it's pretty great. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, um, Kelly comes in and they mention like Jackie Kennedy. Uh, she's got the big sunglasses and, you know, she's she's getting all emotional and Tony's noticing it. Um, yeah. AJ, so uh, oh, was this part of why you were like, uh, he wants to fuck the widow or is he just annoyed at this point? Um, I think, I, I think it's just like every time she's around, he's like looking at her. I don't know. I, I don't know if I, it's just something I picked up on, but it just seems like, or it's just something in my own head, but I feel like he's always just kind of staring at her and no, you're right. I like, I don't know. I don't know if he's thinking about like, ah, oh, I should have fucked Adriana when I had the chance. <laughs> uh, now there's this lady yeah um it's um i i think it's definitely later obviously when she's breastfeeding that's definitely part of it because immediately after that he flies off uh (laughs) but this could also be part of it i originally just saw it as him again being surrounded by grieving people and like being like not having the emotion to be able to connect with that and actually give them anything in return he's just annoyed at them and uh, yeah annoyed at them because he can't because he's the hypocrite and all of that, so yeah. I just saw it as that. Yeah, and, oh, and yeah, he, he, you're right. He tells the director about the the limb going through the baby's. Yeah, because I didn't know who that. that guy was at first. Like, it took me a yeah. second. I was like, oh, it's the Cleaver director. Yeah, um, <laughs> that he's sitting next to him at the funeral. Well, but yeah, going back to because when he's staring at her, at least I didn't get the same impression that he was annoyed. Like when he looked at Chris's mother. And then usually in in a TV show or in the, with this type of character moment, you would get that maybe he felt bad that he caused, you know, a baby to grow up without a, a dad or a wife to be a widow. But again, I mean, I guess he does immediately go to the baby seat. So in his mind, he saved that baby uh, mm-hmm. from from certain death. And maybe he's just thinking, like, I could be the father to that child and I could <laughs> I could marry her. We could live in this nice house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, so yeah, we we move over to Polly's wake. Um, oh, real quick, uh, we we kind of jumped over it. AJ. It does. There's a quick scene. Just shows that he's closer with those dudes now, and they're yes. even like they even kind of have an understanding of his headspace in a weird way because they do say like, you know, hey, don't like let this get to you or something like that. They have a yeah, kind of don't... a line, and they're all hugging, group hug. It's like ah, fast friends. Yeah, that that is kind of nice. And I I couldn't first I was like are, these are the dudes from the other episode, right? Because I was yes. like are these childhood friends? What's going on? But uh, we haven't seen much of AJ's social life. It is the dudes he went to the strip club with, I guess. <laughs> it's good that he has someone around. Mm. Um, because yeah, that we do move on to AJ in therapy after that, uh, right? I think that I mean we go to Polly being all upset, but there's not much there except Polly being really annoyed. Um, and then we get to see AJ in therapy. Yeah, and it seems to be working. The meds are doing doing their thing. 
Yeah, yeah. AJ's in therapy. He seems better, but and he's he he is. Uh, they mentioned how he's sitting in some college classes and stuff like that. But that's why he's hearing about Israel and Palestine. How dicked up over there it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, the more things change, am I right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's yeah. relevant even to this day, huh? Yeah, and, um, and then, then they have a fun moment where they ridicule <laughs> the guy whose toes they acided off. Uh, so that's fun. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, well, because they're first they're, he's out sitting on a stoop, like talking to a girl. Compa- they're comparing like antidepressants. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, oh, I, I've heard that guy got his toes amputated. And they had like cracking up because they have this inside joke that they poured acid on his feet. And got <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, great. Just stuff, you know, when you have really good friends, you just have inside jokes and you get to smile and like have a knowing glance. Other people don't know this secret. Yep. And so we have the scene we already mentioned with Tony where... Uh, again, he just is upstairs and we get this uh, bird's eye view of people downstairs, uh, the widow and uh, Christopher's mother and someone else and there's breastfeeding and then he goes to Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> but to- I have to say, Jim, like really jealous, like your hometown has gotten a lot more play. There was that <laughs> one scene where they talked about St. Stephen's Green in Dublin. <laughs> that was seasons and seasons ago. Why didn't they do more there? There's an Irish mafia. Like there could have been stuff, but no, it's all Vegas, huh? Yeah. I'm jealous. Yeah, there could have been, been a nice Irish connection, but no, yeah, he really Brings up Vegas. They're like, oh, we'll send a plane for you. You're bringing the boys. Uh, he's like, nah, just me. Um, and yeah, it's it's just, it's such a Sopranos thing. I mean, I know we already mentioned it at the uh, beginning of this episode, but yeah, to just kill Chris off within the first like 10 minutes. And then by like 33 minutes in now, Tony's dealt with all this. He can't deal with all these people and their emotion. And he's just on a plane to Vegas now. <laughs> yes and it's such an empty plane he's there in his fancy suit like looking out at the uh at the the whole of the u.s passing underneath him and he looks really contented he's like oh yeah i'm on my own now and i'm okay it really reminds me of these uh this time he had to like go into hiding and go to a hotel room the, the one with the dream sequence you know yeah and he's just kind of hanging out on his own a lot because that's what he's doing here at first just kind of chilling just kind of getting driven here and there just playing some uh roulettes on yes. his own like just getting dinner on his own it's just all these scenes and sequence of him just hanging out by himself and he's still losing he's still losing at least the, the when we cut in on him playing roulette uh, yes but he doesn't seem to care which yeah. is the difference i think yeah he, he, even that he even like the the thrill in a way of potentially winning or losing doesn't matter in this moment the loss is just like huh well, all right. Instead of like going, yeah, I'll bet it all. He's just like, oh, whatever. I'll just walk off and have some more dinner by myself. <laughs> and then we have a quick shot of AJ in class. And, you know, he's he's learning. Like he's he's making a face like he's taking it all in. So, you know, there that's going on. Uh, Tony, yeah, Tony. Then we got packed. Tony's sitting by the pool. I think he's at Caesar's Palace here. Uh, yeah. And then we're back at AJ in class. Yeah, he's, he's still he's still taking it all in. He's still going in. Uh, and then, yeah, I like they just drop you in to Tony then shows up at this like condo or whatever. Um, and there's this chick. And like you said, like even even knowing this, I had a second guess of like, wait a minute. So, yeah, do we know who this person is? And yeah. like, no, we don't. And and even then, they don't really fully explain it. Like, is Chris putting this girl up or, or is it just some girl on the side? Is it his like guma? Like, I don't know the the intricacies of this relationship here. But I mean, clearly, I thought she's it was Chris. I, I guess it doesn't really matter. I thought it was at first like a, a high class escort situation, you know? Ah, Yeah, um, that's got to be it. Right. Yeah. And that Tony's literally there for like. Like that, it's understood that that's why he's there. But then the more it goes on, I'm like, I don't know. I guess I don't. Never been with a high class escort myself, so it's hard to say uh, yeah. what it's actually like. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, yeah, I think that makes more sense. Because I wasn't sure. I know sometimes they'll have a guma and they'll put him up in a in a place, and I didn't know if he was there to give her give her the news that like the gravy train's done. You got to pay your own rent. But I guess they mentioned that she's a stripper or something, putting mm. herself through school. So. Maybe she's not too hard up for money. Either way, uh, it is, like you said, uh, Tony slipping into Chris mode 
Um, is this what apartments look like in in Vegas, Jim? It looks pretty nice. Um, I mean, actually, you know what? Yeah, it kind of it kind of is. I mean, most people, mm. it's uh the the way the cost of living here is you you can usually rent a house, but yeah, it's pretty much what the condos look like too. Nice. Uh, yeah, I guess that's the thing. Would you you have space to build? Which again, <laughs> not a thing in Dublin. We don't have any of that. So uh, rent is ridiculous and tiny. And uh, it, I guess it's a better choice for Tony to go to Vegas. Yeah, I'll, I'll and concede. and they kind of leave it like he just gives her the news and then he he leaves. He gets a call. He's back at his hotel or whatever. He gets a call from back home. They're dealing with the where to dump the asbestos because it's building up. We got to get rid of this asbestos. And Tony's yeah. still holding a hard line uh, with Phil against Christopher's good advice, I would say. Um, yeah. Then in the middle of that, we have a hate crime that happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real quick. We just got to fit that in. These cool dudes uh, helping AJ through this emotionally rough time and having a great time, melting people's feet off and such. Uh, quick quick hate crime real quick, and, and we're going to beat you up and, and toss you around and, and break your bike. And, and uh, yeah, hate crime you as well. And, you know, so why does this, is it just the the fact that it's a hate crime that this hits AJ more than, say, cutting someone's toes off? I guess, I guess there's more there's more reasoning behind, well, not necessarily cutting someone's toes off, but burning their toes off. I guess there's more reasoning behind that because that person was a gambler and there was at least a transaction money that was owed. But in this situation, it technically was just an innocent guy trying to do a work, trying to like get to class and do a job or whatever. And they beat him up. They throw his car in the road. It gets run over by a truck in like comic timing fashion. Yes. Um, but I don't know. It, it, yeah. Sorry, go on. I, or is it just AJ's just been a ticking time bomb and it just was going to he was going to have a, a come down sooner or later? Yeah, it could be partially, uh, you know, he was really excited to go to the Latinx uh, parade or whatever. And uh, this is obviously different, but it's, you know, it's still oppression. And now he's, I don't know, is he like white power now? Like, I don't think he wants to be. Um, but then it could also be just like partially like it was exciting in the moment, the violence uh, stuff with the acid. But, like, that's all sinking in now, maybe. And this could be, like, an emotional hangover of, like, oh, shit, we really did that thing. And now we're doing a thing that's totally unjustified, yeah. unlike that. And these are the type of people I hang out with. And, you know, we can't, like, I, I think Izzy, he is in, in therapy again, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah about... it does pop up uh, in therapy. Like, to follow his storyline, he does pop up in therapy again and... They do it. It is like kind of a silly joke where he says, "Why can't we all just get along?" Like he does the the Rodney King line um, yeah. in the moment where you know they're talking about the hate crime, uh, but he's depressed again. Is kind of the main thing. Like it's, yeah, I guess, the violence isn't always giving him that adrenaline rush that he needs. Yeah, and I think if he, like, even. I, I guess the medication, yeah, and and combination of everything is, he meant he had like an upswing, and that's going to be followed by a downswing, and then just this random act of violence could be enough to to sort of trigger that or coincide with that to make that be the focus of uh, what's going on in his brain, his yes. small small brain. Yeah, yeah, and in in the middle of that, um, Tony does have sex with Chris's girl, and then they smoke like a little weed. And, and Tony is like such a lightweight because I think he even has a like, wow, this this is some crazy stuff or whatever. And he's taking yeah. like two puffs off of a off of a joint. Um, she does bring up Chris, and he, you know, he, of course, he's like, why would you bring Chris up? Like they're 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 having pillow talk. Um, and then the peyote comes up. Uh, you remind me of him, I think she says, or something about you were friends. Uh, and then yeah, the most important thing is that uh, they talk about the peyote. Yeah, I mean, he's really upset that she's going to bring up Chris, even though he went to her, like he went to get away from everyone grieving. And then he's like, I think I'll find someone who's grieving real quick so that I can have sex with them and become Christopher real quick. And even when she says like you've I, no, he says like, oh, what? So I fuck like him or whatever. Oh, yeah. It's such a weird line. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. He, he He's still annoyed by it. And, you know, the 
this, uh, I don't know if he calls it dope or whatever he calls it, but he's really enjoying that and thinks maybe he tries some harder stuff. He always talked about peyote. And this is what I mean when he's like, he never got to release the responsibilities like Chris did. So he's like, fuck yeah, I'm going to be Chris for a bit. Like, that's, I guess, his way of coping, which is a very weird way. But, you know, whatever works when you're a murderer. Yeah, yeah. And then we have, um, oh, yeah, we have a scene with Phil. And, um, Oops. anyways, yeah, anyways, they're talking about the asbestos. They're still trying to figure out if they can make a deal here. And then, uh, you know, they're not gonna. Uh, he hangs up on him. AJ's back in therapy. He's depressed again. Why can't we all just get along? And then, Tony, right. then Tony's eating, uh, peyote, uh, with Chris's girl. Yeah. And great cut to him just throwing up. And I was like, oh, no, it's going to go bad. But then I guess it goes good. I don't know about drugs. I don't understand them, Jim. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've heard that when you take shrooms, sometimes you get sick and throw up. Although, I mean, that I've taken shrooms before. Don't narc me out, guys. Uh, uh, we've, took, <laughs> we've taken an oath, no rats. Uh, but yeah. I've never gotten sick before. But maybe I don't. I, I've never tried to take a ton to, like, have an insane trip. I've never I assume that if he threw it up, he wouldn't be affected by it, but it clearly shows us that looking up at the lamp, he's like amazed by it. So it clearly worked. Did the trick. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've heard with, I've never taken peyote, but I, I think with some hallucinogens, you're supposed to get sick first and I don't know, it somehow like makes it kick in. Uh, Sounds fun. But yeah, then we get into like, we, we see they're Yeah. They're walking around the casino. I guess it would be a great place to walk around fucked up. Cause you have all yeah. these gaudy, fucking insane bullshit lights statues um we do see a devil uh on a slot machine uh we do they do call back a little bit to or at least like people call back to when carlo was talking about that twilight zone episode that tony said maybe he should go suck cock instead the episode he was referring to was about a man who could uh, win at every gamble. Like, he was gambling, he would win every time, and he'd fuck every woman that he wanted, and he thought he was in heaven. But it being the Twilight Zone, he was in hell. Uh, right. And I think there is some, I think there is some similarities here, because uh, Tony does start winning, um, and he falls, <laughs> he what, falls over, like, laughing in the casino. I feel like you get, like, arrested <laughs> for doing shit like this, <laughs> if, you, if it really <laughs> happened. Yeah. Well, the it's um, what what were they talking about when Carlo originally brought that up as a reference? Was it just that Tony was losing a bunch of shit and Carlo was bringing up some nonsense, right? Like yeah, that was... kind of, because it was in the um, it was um, yeah, when they were talking about hash, like him owing money to hash and stuff like that, mm. and, and and him losing. So yeah, he was getting into that a little bit. It feels like it's there to prime us up for this because it is a very appropriate parallel for what's happening here um and you know they i think he does like three gambles or whatever and he wins every time and you totally expect him to lose but not care again but he just keeps winning and like gives uh you know gives the dealer some money and uh like they're just super high and he falls over and all of this he also says like he's dead or whatever as he's sort of uh, realizing that yes. he's winning what do you think <laughs> that's about um because they asked David Chase about like tie, like because tying it in a little bit, not to jump too ahead, but when he starts yelling, I get it at the end, and yeah, I mean, I don't buy Chase's answer, and I think it's very David Chase. Obviously, he doesn't want to give an answer to what's happening there, but he's like, you know, Chris was a liability, and it's great that he's dead. That's why he's winning now, uh, <laughs> and I'm just like, uh, I don't know about that, David Chase. Um, but I guess yeah. maybe. I guess as that as an answer is maybe what Tony's mind is, is that like it is this weird, even though he was still losing beforehand, um, but maybe in his mindset, it is this weird, like I did the right thing. This is kind of my reward. I get to be high and win uh, and I got uh, this beautiful girl with me and it's all because Chris is dead. It's all because of this thing that I should be, I should feel bad about that I did, but it's actually a great thing that I did. Mm. interesting yeah i'm not sure um because later obviously if you jump ahead uh he sees the flashing light and yeah. yells i get it and that is a very clear <laughs> reference back to you know when he was in the coma and for saw sure the flashing lights but were there two flashing lights was one hell and one heaven or I, I i you know it's a bit blurry at this point um there was a uh wildfire 
to like the mm. west or whatever and then to the other side there was a beacon um yeah. but i feel like i mean clearly i think there is something to be said for that twilight zone where that character thinks he's in heaven but he's not yeah. i mean especially like because he's in the desert now like by this time when he sees the flash he's in the desert and it is kind of like you know sunrise or whatever so it's like red and barren and maybe tony does think he's in heaven but i think he's already sealed his fate where that's mm. that's not a thing anymore you know going back to i think you might have brought it up like he was in that hotel room having the dreams and that was very much like he went in the bathroom and it was red and hell-like and then he went out on the deck and it was bright utopia yeah um i don't think he's in the middle anymore i mean not to say that he ever was because i mean it's the show's been about how he's a terrible person uh yeah. but i think it's like he's too far gone at this point yes and speaking of things being too far gone um there's a scene in between that we jump over yeah where the asbestos is dumped and like it's it's so it's so on the nose and you know i might be annoyed at someone else reporting this out but like there are ducks there you can hear yes. ducks totally <laughs> It's and you know with uh, with that in mind, I think the uh, cawing crow is also intentional because they do both of them in the same episode. It just makes sense to me, and it's just great that they're dumping all this asbestos and all the ducks are gonna die. <laughs> and it's just I don't know. It, it's such a great longing metaphor to get back to. Just like Tony has sealed his own fate, the family or what have you or what call it. It is so like. It's so fucked at this point, if we, especially if we include Christopher as, as part of the family, which he was. Um, then, yeah, I mean, he was afraid of all of his family going away and all the good times ending. And now on the surface, he's having good times, like you said. Um, but the flashing lights and the ducks, they're, I'd say they're far out of reach at this point. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And, and, and even if, like, you don't even go into the heaven and hell, um, uh, like, metaphors... At the very least, that flashing light was was death. I mean, obviously, like, and he was because he was close to death, and then he was gonna go into you know the the um, the, the party, party or whatever. And but he didn't yeah. want to. Uh, yeah. But now it's almost like I don't know. I guess he's kind of more more open to it, if you will. Yeah, so that does tie up this episode. I, I have to emphasize again that as I've watched this whole show, there's been an uncertainty of, like, I've totally thought that at some point Christopher might kill Tony, you know? Hmm. This is something, this is the phase space of storytelling that you live in. This is the Schrodinger's cat of, like, what could potentially happen that I actually think, like, oh, it, it, it could go that way. And now I can never watch The Sopranos again, not knowing this piece of information. Really glad no one spoiled it. Thanks for not tweeting at us. At shows what you know. That's you, the letter U on Twitter. And thank you for not sending spoilers to uh, shows what you know show at gmail.com, where you can get in touch with your thoughts. I'd be really interested in what people think about Chris's death and everything in connection with it. Uh, of course, we're coming up on the very end of the show. So uh, perhaps, Mark, if you send us an, uh, an email, Mark, in the subject line, what episode you're discussing discussing just to make sure we're on the same page and once again that shows what you know show at gmail.com yeah no i do think it's uh because even not by like malicious intent like it, it would have been it would have made complete sense if you accidentally stumbled over something like that because i think even like yeah. big pussy did you know about any of that stuff like even going back earlier no. I, no, I think I that's know. great because some of that stuff just became like because you know, like memes, it, it, kind it, of yeah memes or I mean if you look at something more recent like Game of Thrones where you know obviously there's more f internet fever around stuff like that but things just become headlines or in passing and it's just assumed like well this is an old show so we could clearly talk about this so yeah. I, I think that's uh, not to pat our show on the on the back but <laughs> I think that's a great angle we have that you're going on this journey for the first time and picking up a lot of these things like you said, without that knowledge. Because I'm going to have to go back because I think it was in maybe when we talked about the season one finale, you know, some of your like, I think this is what, what might happen. And I think we might go yeah. here. I think we've had some good ones with that. I like to see how those played out. But uh, yeah, no, that's great. 
I would love that as well. And I think I mentioned maybe last week that I am looking forward to rewatching The Sopranos with this knowledge and just seeing, you know, how my opinion has changed. Um, and I don't know if the, the proper etiquette is for me to find someone else who hasn't seen The Sopranos and then we go through this process and then that person finds <laughs> yes. someone else who hasn't seen The Sopranos. And this is just how we slowly spread The Sopranos in today's day and age where everyone's all about their witchers and whatnots. Now, yeah. if you're into your witchers and whatnots, why not go to Shows What You Know show? Oh, shit, I fucked it up. Just Shows What You Know dot com yes it shows what you know dot com for all of our other coverage and uh we will continue making podcasts we were making podcasts long before cut to black and we'll continue doing so about various television shows uh anything you want to recommend us to take a look at please feel free to email us to the email i mentioned before once again that shows what you know show at gmail.com absolutely so all great information great episode of television alan taylor i believe did win a um, uh, primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Directing for a Drama Series. As uh, he should. Yep. So uh, with all that being said, there's just one last thing to cover here. What's that, Jim? Cut to black.